thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to The Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Lawrence and I'm joined by... This is Dan, welcome to the podcast. Hello, welcome back. Here we are once again at the turn of the tides, which uh, I don't know what that means, but I know Gandalf said it in the Two Towers, so there you go. That's movie reference for you. How are you today? I'm alright, I'm, yeah, back on the Playdays bus. Back on the Playdays bus. Um, and which stop are you getting off at today? Um, Peggy Patch. Peggy pa- Patch stop. Okay. I think I'll probably go to the Y-Bird uh, stop. Um, yeah. Th- for anyone that isn't in their early to mid-30s that grew up in the UK, probably doesn't have any idea what the, what we're going on about. So there you go. You can go away and look up what Peggy Patch is and the Patch stop. Um, but yes, you say you're well, are you? <laughs> Hi, I'm alright, yeah. Well, that's fantastic news. How are you? Yes, quite well. I'm, uh... Back yeah. to work. Yes, back to work. Still going to the gym, which is good. Um, and I've finally, after 31 years, managed to get into football. So, I've wow. uh, been enjoying watching some football games, which has been quite nice. So, Do you think it will last? I think so, yeah. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I've, I've spent the last kind of year or so watching a few videos on YouTube of like football analysis and stuff. And I think I've finally broken the back of actually being able to watch football games. So, yeah, that's new. So, yeah. there you go. I can talk to you about the offside rule. Yeah, please don't. Okay, I will not. I'll, uh, I'll hold. But there is one thing I can talk to you about, and that's today's game. Did you like that little uh, that little lead that's in there? A, yeah, that was good. That was congratulations on the link. Thank you. Well, the the said game we're going to be talking about today smooth, very smooth, like jazz. Um, we're going to be talking about a game called Thomas Was Alone. Now, Thomas Was Alone was released in June 2012, originally on the PC by a indie developer called Mike Bithell. So it originally scored 77 when it came out on the PC in 2012. However, in the subsequent 11 years since its original release, it's come out on various other consoles um, and the scores across the board there. We've got an 80 on the PS3 and it even got 88 on iOS. So it's, um, you know, it's pretty well received at the time. It's an indie game. Um, and the, the new feature that we're kind of putting in at the start of these new format episodes is kind of what the critics were talking yeah. about at the time. So I've got two here, the uh, one of the higher uh, reviews and then the lowest one uh, in terms of meta scores. So the top one reads, Thomas was alone, so it was a story that's more complex than games, uh, than games orders of magnitude, more expensive and difficult to develop. It's also a triumph of narrative's ability to convincingly superimpose human qualities onto non-human objects, telling the audience what's what or who's what and letting the imagination take over. It proves that you don't need tens of millions of dollars and hundreds of staff to make a game worth telling. Just a good hook, an engaging vision and a whole lot of heart. And that was written by Destructoid, who gave the game a 90 
And on the other side of the penny, we've got a review by PC Power Play, and it's just a single sentence. So good. Um, what a load of no. <laughs> <laughs> what a load of PC Power Play. Um, th- their review reads: an enjoyable puzzle platformer wrapped in boundless charm. And they gave the game a sixty. So there's a, a thirty point difference there. Yeah, that um, that. Um, that- little snippet didn't really match the score that they gave to me but no no quite um so firstly have you got any background with this game or did you know anything about this game prior to playing it i'd heard the name i've also heard the name of the developer um Mm. possibly from um was he in the indie uh film mike bithel oh um the one that had phil fish in from yeah i don't think Think so? No, because uh, that was the name. Fez um, and uh, Super Meat Boy, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I've played some other games by him. Um, there's a game I can't subspace something or other, and it's um, yeah, it was alright as well. He's um, made a few. I've got a oh, subsurface circular. Yeah, that's the one. I think it's about um, a metro. And people on the metro. Well, it looks like so. there's. Um, it looks like there was a follow-up to that game called Quarantine Circular as well. But right. yeah, Bithel Games has released nine, to eleven games um, since their first one. With their first being Thomas was alone. Um, yeah. So so other than um, developer name and uh, the name of the game and and, and knowing the visual um, style of this game. Um, not not much, really. I didn't know what it was about. I th- I thought um, I thought the narrative was going to be quite different from what it was. Um, but yeah, didn't didn't know much about this. Um, I know that obviously, being your choice of game, uh, you do have a history with it. Yeah, it's um, I I first came across this game. I think probably in twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. It was when I used to watch, um, when he used to upload quite a lot of videos onto YouTube, but he did like little game reviews or little small let's plays. Uh, Nerd Cubed did a video on Thomas Was Alone, and I really liked the look of it. He plays like the first, I don't know, 20 minutes of the game, perhaps. Um, and I was really drawn in by the narrative and the narration of the game, and also its charm, because I think this is quite a charming game. Um, so from watching that video back 11 years ago, or whenever it was, I then went on to actually get the game, I think originally on PS3, um, or maybe even on Steam, perhaps on one of my old laptops, maybe. Um, and I've, I've played through this game about, this is probably my third time. So I've played through it a, a few times. I've never played another Mike Biffle game. Um, this was my first one, but yeah. It's it's a very strange game in terms of what it is and what it does. And it's quite hard to sum it up. It's a puzzle platformer um, at the end of the day, but with more of a story than a normal puzzle platformer would have, I guess. Um, but what, what version did did you play for this game, uh, for this run even? Um, played it on the Switch. Um, I started off as recommended by you, uh, playing it with headphones in and um, removed the headphones and kind of played it in the background as I went along. It's not a very long game, no. um, but yeah, 
it's a good place to play it. it it is an ideal place to play it and i'm pretty sure i might even have a version of this game on the vita um which goes to show how old this game is um being you know one of the first handhold places you could get it was on the ps vita which kind of died of death didn't it really um but i i played yeah, it. ironic considering the name i know right um I think it's a shame. I really like the Vita, and I've played a couple of games that we've done for the podcast on the Vita. But yeah, it's just a shame it never really got more support um, from but, Sony. From Sony, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I played this game on the PS4, which is well on, on my PS5, but the PS4 version, which is where I've played it previously. Um, and I, I, I personally, I, I didn't get it on Switch because I've already got like two or three copies of it, so I didn't see the point in you know, shelling out more money. But this is a perfect game for Switch, in my opinion. Um, similar to Tetris. It's um, it's just made for handheld, in my opinion. Um, so do, do you want to talk about the narrative of this game? What's the story? Morning Glory. Yeah, it's... Um, basically, this is, this is a, a, a puzzle platformer. Um, more of a platformer, really. And there's a voiceover that kind of assigns characters and uh, meaning and narrative to what's going on on the screen. Now, the game would still function perfectly well without that voiceover, but a part of what this game is, is that voiceover. Um, so the squares, the narrative that's been assigned to the squares on the screen is that they are uh, AI, their artificial intelligences that are, um, I don't know if they're, they're, they're finding their way out of something or, but you've got different characters, each with their own traits, each with their own personalities, and they're all trying to um, move through levels and ultimately th there's something about some fog or, or something. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't really follow that closely with the overarching stuff. I think the, the strength of this game is not in that side of the narrative, but it's in the dialogue and mm -hmm. it's in the the moment to moment with the characters. That's where the uh, strengths and the charm of this game are. Um, yeah. The, the the plot outside of that is quite, I'd say, simplistic. Yeah, it, it's about these little shapes that are trying to effectively get like uh what's the word they're trying to break out of their their own little world and become more real i suppose um but yeah the story the story isn't where the game excels it's the narration and the character development that that comes with this game so like you say this is this is a platformer and you play as i think it's eight um seven or eight different little shapes so each of the shapes, so you've got like a little rectangle, then you've got a little square, then you've got a big square, then you've got like a, a very tall, thin rectangle. And each of these shapes becomes a character and each of these shapes has a name. So the, the name of the game obviously is Thomas Was Alone. And the first character that you play as, which is a little small rectangle, is called Thomas. And as the game progresses, you've got narration uh, done by a British a voice actor called Danny Wallace, who, um, do you know what else he's done? 
Um, I did read about him. Um, I've forgotten now, but I, I remember one thing that he'd done since that was quite big. Do you remember um, when Assassin's Creed 2 came out and there was that character in Assassin's Creed 2 that was with, um, in, like, in the modern day sections and everyone thought it was um, Stephen oh, Merchant? Oh, yes, yes. It's him. Uh, he's, he's the British kind of snarky guy um, in Assassin's Creed 2. But da- Danny Wallace narrate, narrates this game and it's really talking about the inner thoughts and the inner dialogue and monologue of each of the characters as they they go through. And a lot of this game, a lot of what I enjoy about this game is its charm and is the fact that you're just playing as these little tiny shapes, like no, no bigger than what you play as the Tetronomos in Tetris. But it gives them a real character and a real arc. And there are some really lovely quotes in this game um, that really stand out to me. But as you go through the game, you pick up more characters um, and each character has a different ability. So Thomas, who is your first character, is a relatively decent jumper. He can he can jump quite far. And the narration kind of sticks around Thomas mostly, who is like a happy-go-lucky um person i suppose who is afraid of being alone and then the next character you meet is a little kind of stumpy square called chris who finds himself incredibly irritated by the other shapes around him but he can't jump very far or high so he needs the help of other shapes to get to his destination and each stage and each level is effectively getting from one side of the screen to the other to fit in your like shapes box i suppose to to yeah to reach the goal um and i mean that's really the gameplay and the story it is very very basic um and that kind of sums up what you do in this game as well don't you it's effectively getting from one side of the screen to the other yeah it's you know it it, it's a funny one because i often go on about how i like games to have a good story and a good hook and this game doesn't have too much of a story, but what it does have is a lot of character development and a lot of emphasis on building the character arcs, which I think is really lovely. And I mean, as we move on to gameplay as king, like we said, this is a very basic game, but do you think this game's fun to play? It's all right. Um, it's quite simplistic and... I feel like the arc of challenge is up and down and it's yeah. it's weird. It's the pacing's a bit off. Some levels will be really easy and then you'll have some tougher ones and then they'll be back to easy and then it doesn't feel like a game that um I go back to no in terms of uh, so so uh, speaking about Celeste. Mm-hmm. Celeste has that wonderful difficulty curve. Um all the way to the end. Yeah. And this isn't that. And it just kind of peaks and troughs. And I think because of that, it gets quite repetitive fast. So I couldn't play this in long bursts. It was just too... It felt like doing too much of the same. Um, but yeah, in short bursts, I think you can probably get some fun out of it. I think the problem, that the fundamental problem with this game is that it's so simple that in terms of the gameplay itself, it's probably been done several times better in other places. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think that's fair. I, I think that's fair. This this isn't a game that's you know reinventing the wheel. Um, this is very much a first attempt at a an indie platformer from a very small developer. Um, and per- personally, I think that when they made this game, they knocked it out of the park. I don't think they were really going for anything major, but I think this is um, this is one of yeah. The, the most- caveat with this game is is that the fact that it was released in twenty ten, the fact that it had a very small budget, the fact that um, it started off um, as a is it Java game or something? I think so. Yeah. Um, and then they turned it into a full or he turned it into a full game. Um, so it, it's that context, and as with games that came out at that time or a similar time or earlier, indie games then, they felt a bit... There, there was a novelty to them, and a lot of the best-remembered indie games are from that era. Yes. Um, they, they felt very fresh, and they were doing things that were different from um, AAA, A, and B games. Um, they were something different, and certainly games like Journey... Um, similar time period and very very memorable and did a lot so yeah i think that context is important here um it's not a game that was released in 2023 and 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 quite honestly i I don't think it would we we are there, there are so many indie games now there are so many games released on steam every week i think this game would probably flounder if it was released now i think it would just get lost um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Timing's everything, um, and th- this did come out in a time where, you know, like like we said at the start, there was an, an indie indie game, the movie, wasn't there, in which it had a, a big focus on Fez, which is um, another. I'd, like, I'd like to play game. Fez. Have you played it before? Never. You've never and played it. No, it looks intriguing to me. So. You can put that on your next list of fifteen. It's uh, it's frustrating and it's difficult. I've never it? completed it, um, okay. but it is a cool game and it's got a very cool concept to it. Um, I think I think you'd like it, but I think it would also make you say swear words, um, <laughs> as, as it as it does with me. But yeah, it's it's a shame that Phil Fish turned out to be a massive knob. Uh, but you know, it's um. It's kind of robbed the the gaming community of of more games from him because as much of his personality as poor his game, well gamer, was you know fantastic. Yeah. Um. So yeah, fun to play in short bursts. We do usually ask a question: Do you have a favorite move or favorite thing that you can do? Jumping. Yeah, th- this well, game is, is jumping, it isn't, isn't better, it? It wasn't the better question to ask. Um, which character did you like using most? Because yes. um, certain characters yes. control very differently from others. Yes. So that that that's the question. So um, we we noted that each character has their own different style. So Thomas is the average one. Chris can do very short um, little jumps. John can jump very high because he's very tall, thin, rectangle. Claire can't really jump very well, but can float on water. You know, there's quite a lot of different characters with different abilities. So which was your favourite to use? Easy win for me. Um, Sarah with the double jump. Yes. So Sarah is a little purple um, rectangle that comes in just towards the end of the game, isn't she? I think she's the last one that you pick up. Um, You've got the the, the team that, that comes in after her. Yeah. A team of like five little squares. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, 
I think that's that's a good shout. I mean, for me, it would probably be John. So John is the third little character that you pick up, and he um, he can jump really high. But the double jump is incredibly helpful. And the thing with Sarah is that she thinks she's a lot better than everyone else because no one can do what she can do. But I think the big point of this game is that you know no matter how good you are at, at one thing or two things everyone or a few has things. A place. Yeah, everyone has a place and everyone has to help each other. Um, You can't get to where you need to be without the help of someone else. Um, Which I think is a really nice little message. Um, You know, you can be great at one thing. Sarah's great at double jumping. John's good at jumping really high. Um, But without the others, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, And there's like, there's a quote in this game because I think what, what this game or what the narration does so well is that it really humanizes these little shapes and one of my favorite characters not in terms of did you have a favorite character in terms of their personality i suppose not not really i think um i think chris was quite entertaining and his arc is quite funny and uh obviously he has a bit of a redemption yes uh story and yeah that's quite sweet and i think because of that I quite like um, Claire. She's yeah. a hero, superhero. Um, there's some, there's some good stuff in there, and uh, yeah, those those two jump out at me. I think Johns was a bit obnoxious. He thought he was better than everyone else until he met Sarah, who could jump higher than him. Yes, so. I, I I agree. And, and there's a few really nice lines in this game, and one of them um, is Claire is the third character that you pick up. She's this big bulky square. Who you find out blob, like Mr. Blobby, like Mr. Blobby? Yeah, that's right, Mrs. Blobby, because uh, her name's Claire. Perhaps we can uh, give a little nod to Mrs. Blobby today. Um, but but Claire, Claire's ability, um, she finds out she can float on water, and water is deadly to all of the other shapes in the game, and she therefore dubs herself as a superhero. And her whole personality is she's a hero, so she has to act like a hero and do things that heroes would do and always help the others. And there's a really nice line um, when it's just John... uh, Sorry, when it's just Thomas, Claire, and I think Chris. um, And it reads, They were doing really well. Claire hoped she could get them all across the water. John was fully aware he could have done this alone. Thomas hoped he'd never have to. And there's just lines like that kind of spiked through the game where I just listen to them and it's a bit of like a, oh, like that's that's nice. I like stuff like that. And I think this is the, the big reason why I like this game because I've said a million times in this podcast that for me, a good story will usually trump good gameplay for me. And although the story isn't strong in this game, the character development and the character writing, yeah. I think, is sublime. Um, yeah, because I think you can break that that down further. Because a good story, I mean, that lots of things make a good story, and you can you can fine tune that and say, well, this particular about a story is what you like, or yeah, and and I think you've said before that you 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 like characterization, so it could be could be that there. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, like. This is very, <laughs> I think this is very British. You know what I mean? Like the yeah, the writing yeah. and the humour is um, 
Yeah, so so the, so the um, the dialogue, the writing, um, the delivery of the dialogue, which is very good, um, couldn't fault it, is is reminiscent of the Stanley Parable or Portal Two. Um, yeah, yeah. There's something, or even games like um, Dear Esther, um, or Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. So there's something quintessentially British about it. Very. Um, you, you, you remember as well another game that we played with Stephen Fry providing the uh, voiceover. Do you remember that game from early on in the, in the podcast? Which was that? Um, what's it called? Uh, the one with Sackboy, Little Big Planet. Oh, Little Big Planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's and, a very British game as well. Yeah, and... and I, I sometimes wonder how those those elements of games c- come across to people from um, other countries. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. That's a genuine question and wonderment um, because to us it's so, so, normal. so British. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, and I mean, like, you, you, can, you can look at the writing uh, here which is where it's the second stage. So Chris has just been introduced. Uh, so Chris is the second character and he's the, the moody, miserable one that can't really do much. And it reads, Chris stared at Thomas with pure hatred. He seemed so very happy at their situation. Friends together, a brave fellowship of quadrilaterals on a quest for greatness. That would be fine. But it was all the obse- uh, obvious observations that Thomas was doing, which grated on Chris. Every time they saw something vaguely new, Chris would hear a satisfied little hmm from the vaulting idiot. He hoped the next portal would split them up, if only for a few levels. It's stuff like that that it just feels like that that really snarky British humour. You know what I mean? Um, Which, yeah, I I just wanted to shout out the writing and also the delivery of Danny Wallace in this game. I think he does a really good job. Um, So do you want to talk a little bit about the visuals and the audio? Ah uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's squares against the background. It's very Basic. simple. Yeah, um, it it doesn't do much for me, but it's also not offensive. Um, no, basic. Yeah, and and it's not gonna. It's not like some games that you look at now that are very very old, and you think, wow, that has aged very very well because of that art style that it's got yeah it's not like that but at the same time it's not oh this is aged terribly because they try to be realistic and mm. graphics have improved yes yeah. it's, it's just a sort of weird simple in between yes and what did you think of the the music um obviously we we've already spoken about the narration and the voice acting which i think we both agree is you know pretty pretty damn good um, yeah, it's all, it's all right. Um, nothing really too memorable there, but yeah, it's all right. I, th- I I quite like the music. I, I don't often listen to game music outside of you know playing the games themselves, but this is music that I could probably fall asleep to. Um, it isn't you know music that I could listen to while I read or while I do work, but I could probably fall asleep to this music. It's very relaxing, I find. Yeah. Um, so you've used you. You've used a word a couple of times in this episode. Simple. And, yeah. And I'm wondering if that would be your word to describe this game, because we, we now have the question of describe this game in one word. What word would you use? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd not really thought about it before, but yeah, that that is the word I'd use. And the word simple um, probably has many negative connotations. Simple-minded. It can, but but it can also be a good thing. Yeah. Um, because of the simplicity of the gameplay, the the voice work really stands out, and it does have personality, and and it's memorable because of that. Um, so yeah, it's simple. And it's all the stuff that comes with that. Yeah. The the, the word I would use um, is... I, I, I find this game to be quite effortless. It's okay. very... This is the goal. You know what you've got to do. Go and do this. And that's it. It isn't complicated. It isn't trying to reinvent the wheel, like I said earlier. It is just like an effortless game. Which, to be fair, you could probably say that effortless is another version of saying it's simple. Um you know, I, I think this is a very basic game and, you know, it isn't winning Game of the yeah, Year. Yeah, I think awards. the word basic is a bit more um, negative than simple. Yeah. Uh, I think another word that, that you used uh, would be a good way to describe this game, which you, you, you mentioned that the, the graphics weren't offensive. And that's another word I'd use to describe this game. I find this game to be very inoffensive. Think, yeah, that, that almost sums up my opinion on the game. I think we could wrap up the episode there. Yeah, it just exists. <laughs> Which is fair enough. Um, the question of the week. We usually ask a specific question about what we would like to see if you know a game like this came out again, or you know X Y Z reasons of you know what do we think the industry could do? Blah blah blah. The question of the week this week is why do you think I selected this game? <laughs> because to be honest um, with you, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know if I can answer that question myself, and I'm interested to get your thoughts. Well, you. you Looking at your side of the list, I, I mentioned to you last week, we, we kind of have a bit of a, a conflab, a bit of a debrief at the end of the episode once we've finished recording. We'll comment on how we think the episode's gone. Um, and sometimes it's, oh, thought that was a really good episode with lots of good conversation. Sometimes it's, oh, couldn't, couldn't get into that. Glad it's done. Yeah. Um, different for every episode, different for every game. And one of the things we talked about was that you've got um, a lot of side-scrolling 2D games on your on your side of the the 15 games. Yeah. And, and I think it's a bit surprising, probably, well, f- for me and also probably for the listener, in that, I don't know, I, I wouldn't have thought you'd pick that many, based again on, on um, probably some of your comments throughout the podcast. Yeah. But you obviously do have a liking for these games, which is fine, nothing wrong with that. Um, it's, it's obviously another side to your gaming tastes mm. um, that we've we've maybe not seen as much. So I, I'm not surprised that you you picked a side scroller given uh, the number of side scrollers on your um, side of the list. Yeah. Um, I think you picked a game that you had a good time with, and I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that. No. Um, and I think. I said it about Alpha Protocol. Um, it was a game that I had a good time with the first time I played it, and I had a blast playing it this time as well. And I'd be lying if I said that my side of the list wasn't partially made up of games that I simply want to play yeah. and um, talk about on the podcast. There's definitely an element of that. And I think that's, so yeah, that's I, a lot of my games as well on the list, isn't it? It's not games that I particularly think are amazing, but they're just ones that no, I, I want to talk about or I want you to experience. Yeah, and 
I almost think your reason for putting it on on your list is maybe as simple as the game itself, and I just I think it's yeah. probably quite straightforward. And yeah, I, I don't know what your answer to that would be. No, I I don't know either. I I probably agree with you. I think it's a simple answer. It's just a game that I I enjoy, uh, and it stands out against other games that I've played um, as something a bit different and, like I say, quite charming. Um, well, well, let, let's let's delve a bit deeper then. So, when you first played this game, what about it resonated with you? Something must have clicked and made you think, "Wow, that was that that was a really fun, nice little game." I think, I think it could potentially come back to our conversation that we had regarding Celeste. And funny, funny that you mentioned Celeste earlier. I thought of Celeste playing this game, and and yeah, a lot of games like this, I end up coming back to Celeste. I really, really like Celeste, Mm. and um, I think probably more than I realise, and I've had a blast playing it both times I've played it, and I just think it does so much right, Um, and I'm probably being a bit uncharitable comparing a lot of games to Celeste but yeah it, 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 it's it's a high game to compare to and I think like we, we, we talked in the Celeste episode um, about more personal topics like you know mental health and how that game you know brings it into not into the light because obviously everyone knows that there's a there's a mental health um, issue an epidemic in well, in, in the world particularly among people world. Um, you know particularly among people ages between like 10 and 40 or 50 you know and there's just something about this game that reminds me of Celeste and I think when I played Celeste for the podcast for the first time it made me think of this game I think it okay. is I think it does come back to you know like the the, the quote that I shared um, John, John knew that he could do this alone Thomas hoped that he'd never have to and this game has a very big emphasis on using the people around you to help you get to where you need to be. Or you can do things on your own sometimes, but other times you do need the support of someone. And I think that this game, even if you don't always see it or it isn't obvious, it does have quite a nice message as to, yeah, things can be tough when you're on your own and it can be a little bit scary, but with people around you that you can rely on, even if they are snarky and even if they are a little bit British and arsy sometimes, <laughs> you you do need those people and they will be there for you if you you need them, if that makes sense. And, yeah, you know, I don't think much gets talked about in this game in terms of, you know, having a conversation about mental health or whatever, but I think that this game does have quite a nice and important message and I think that's something that I I enjoy in a game is when it has a message and when it has a a, a moral, something to take away from yeah. it. And I think this game has that. Um, again, not perfect, and it isn't perfectly done. Neither was Celeste's, but it 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 makes me think. I, I think is the is the crux of it, you know? Yeah. Which wasn't that's something. Yeah, which wasn't something I was expecting to explore, and I think talking about it there is kind of like me talking it through in my own head like I hadn't really thought about that before but when I actually drill into it that is um, probably a big element of why I like this game because it touches on things that not many other games do which I like 
Um, I think it's interesting replaying these games um, for the podcast because not only is it a replay of a game that you've played before, uh, probably at different times in your life, and yeah. it may resonate differently, but it's also shining a bit of a different light in that you're not just playing it for you, you're very aware of the other person in that equation. And again, there are certain games that uh, I want you to experience. And there are certain games that I was probably are, are purely there for me. Um, yeah, of course. It's, it's a real mix. And it's an interesting thing kind of opening yourself up like that. And I said last week, and I, and I hope this is not the case, I said we're probably gonna. Even though I do think there's a there's there's a fairly big overlap in the games that we like. Yeah. In the games that we love, maybe there's not such such a big overlap. And I I, I worried, and and I like I say, I hope this is not the case. That <laughs> we're gonna go through and be disinterested or not like or worse each other's games. And and I, and I do think we're gonna break through soon and and find some games that we do both really enjoy. Yeah. But. It's, yeah, it's. it's uh, I think at the same time, it's, it it reveals something about your personality, doesn't it? And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think we need to move past this thing with games that um, they're so deeply tied with your identity that you you can't stand to be challenged oh, on them. Yeah, because, I, 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 absolutely. Like it's it's very obvious that the biggest game in my list, and I know is going to. I think probably going to be a very long episode is Dan. Um, Cuphead. Cuphead, that's right, because it's the deepest game. Noel's House Party. Noel's House Party with Mr. Blobby. Um, yeah. But it, it, it's Final Fantasy VII, and it's all, I, it? I, I, I almost meme on myself at this point of how many times I've mentioned that game in the I last I think it's almost as years. much as we've mentioned Mr. Blobby. I think so, quite possibly. And... I know that we're probably going to have quite a deep chat on that because there are reasons that I love that game for... I, I, I don't think I can articulate without thinking about it for a while beforehand. And, I, and I'm and i sure I will probe you in that episode. Yeah, absolutely. And make and, you dig a bit deeper. And, you know, it, like, like what you were saying just then, I personally don't think that you're going to walk away from Final Fantasy 7 and just be like oh that was a good game or yeah I, I enjoyed that I think you'll, you'll like elements of it and you'll you'll probably get an understanding for why I like it so much but I'm not expecting you to walk away from that game and being okay I really th- I thought that was really great I really enjoyed that but that's fine you know if, if you turn around to me after playing Final Fantasy 7 you're like you know what I think that's po- probably the worst game I've ever played I'd be like, oh, okay, fair enough. Like, I'm glad that you've played it, though. You know, I, I'm not going to get pressed about people not liking things that I like, and it's probably one of the reasons why I felt comfortable being so open about how I felt about Alpha Protocol. Um, yeah. Because I, I knew you weren't going to just be like, oh, well, then the podcast cancelled then. You, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, there's, there's no point doing a podcast like this if you're going to be precious about... Um... I think our our job is to vocalise why we think, uh, why we feel a certain way about yeah. the game, but it doesn't mean that they're always going to line up, and it doesn't mean that together we might we might have an epiphany that um, has come from conversation rather than just an individual opinion, and we've had that a few times. Yeah, a hundred percent. 
and I think that those episodes probably make for the most interesting ones. Yeah. Um, because they're different. So, with that being said, and that went off on a tangent that I didn't really expect to come from this game, which, like we say, is always an interesting avenue to go down, and it's you know a good thing. I think it makes for interesting content. Do you think that this game deserves to be anywhere close to the Metacritic Top 100 list? Um, I think you know the answer. Uh, same mm. way that we were after the Alpha Protocol yeah. episode, I think. Yeah, no. It, it it's, it's fine. Um, it's, yeah. a fi- it's a fine game. Um, but it, it hasn't spoken to me the way that it spoke to you uh, when you played it. Yeah. originally and probably keep speaking to you um yeah it, I, th- I think it's got strong points I, I like i like the the voice work i think that's wonderful i love the britishness of the voice work i, I feel like that never gets old and it, it's maybe it's maybe it's us brits that just i don't know maybe we're conceited and we just love britishness but i feel like it's um almost something that you don't see enough it's just great, and I love films like Hot Fuzz for their Britishness and games like Fable. yeah, I don't know, yeah, he's, th- this, and it's a certain type of Britishness, isn't it? It's yeah, like it the is. um, it's like the, it's uh, cricket on a on a bowling green at mm. the weekend and drinking pims and yeah, it's it's a, a certain quintessential Britishness that you don't see all the time but it's it's lovely to imagine um, so yeah I, I like that aspect of it um, the gameplay is fine one thing I didn't like that I didn't mention is that I, I, I mentioned to you before the episode was I think switching characters is a bit clunky yeah, and long yeah and, and, and I feel like that would have been better tied to um, hotkeys because there's probably enough buttons that aren't used that you could probably get away with that although that might be equally clunky a John, um, a John button that... a Christopher button and a, a Thomas yeah, button yeah but I feel like that would be equally clunky I think the, the the problem there is that sometimes in some levels you're, you're juggling too many characters mm. and I think the levels that I enjoyed the most, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but the levels that I enjoyed the most were the levels you were playing with fewer characters. Yeah, like when two I saw or three. at the bottom. Yeah, and sometimes you had, um, you had, like you say, eight, nine characters, it felt like. And when I saw that number at the bottom, I thought, oh, God's sake. And yeah, I'd, I'd much rather have two or three. Yeah. Even one. Just give me one. That's, that's, that's fair. It's, it's a fair comment. I think um, I I don't think this game deserves to be in the top 100 list. Um, I I enjoy it and I think it's quirky and I think it has its place and has its charm. But it isn't a top 100 game compared to some of the other games that we've played. But then again, I didn't think Tetris Connected really deserved to yeah. be there. And you know, this is this is a platformer, but it is to some extent a puzzle platformer as well. Um, so yeah, it, it's an enjoyable game for me. And I, it does have a, a special place, I think, but it isn't a game that I think, you know, I'd argue, oh, yeah, that should be in the top 100 of all time. What are you talking about? Um, which I think is, is, is fair enough. Um, Do you think we're ever going to have another indie revolution like we did at that time? Do you think that's ever no. going to happen again? Or is it um, toothpaste is out of the the, the toothpaste well, thing? Jim... Jim Sterling um, 
made Jim a very Stephanie yeah Jim Stephanie Sterling made a very interesting point in a video they released about a week or so ago about the the amount of when when you and me were at university I remember watching their videos talking about all of the complete garbage that was in the Steam Greenlight project yeah and it was all rubbish and they made a very good point that that kind of stuff now seems to be coming onto the Nintendo Switch. You know, you, yeah. you can go on the Switch store and there is so much rubbish on there. Shovelware. Yeah, like an insane amount. And it's it's weird because Nintendo used to be the beacon of quality. You know, back in the, the 80s and 90s, if a game was going to be on a Nintendo system, it needed the Nintendo seal of approval, which yeah. was an actual thing. And I think... The floodgates have opened, and they still have games. that with their own games. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, they, yeah. I, th- I think what well, I think what it is with the Switch is indie developers and uh, some some very good, some not very good. Um, see the Switch as a platform that lots of people play those games on, so I think it's appealing in that way. I think yeah, there's probably some work Nintendo needs to do to to raise that bar of quality for uh, titles that go on there. Um, you get some equally poor one on the other console. Yeah, PlayStation the Store. Other consoles. But there's not the, the levels because it seems like a lot of these games come out on PC and Switch and well, that's why you're getting similar problems. Like a, a, a prime example is a game that came out, I think, in like 2014 or 2015 on the PlayStation Store called Life of Black Tiger. Which, oh, I, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, which Sony oh, unbelievable. put on like their featured page. And it was like, yeah, it was barely finished. Um, yeah. So I think we won't see another big push on indie games like we did 10... And there was another one as well, Bioshock Infinite. Oh, yeah, you like that one, don't you? That's one of your favourites, <laughs> oh, I think. Uh, bit, of, bit of an in-joke there. You, you like that. But yeah, I, I I think that now the floodgates are open, people can just upload any old rubbish that they make and call it a game. So probably not. But maybe we will see something similar, but in a different vein, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, and I don't know what that vein would be. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I do enjoy going back to these indie games. I think they're, they're always very interesting and they always lead to interesting conversations. Um, but yeah, so that... That was Thomas Was Alone. Um, what have we got coming up next time? Is it's one of your choices in two weeks? Yes, yeah, so my second choice um, in two weeks' time releasing is the... I'm, I'm not going to go into detail about the the background of the game until we get to the episode. Um, but is the game Nier. Um, obviously the prequel to Nier Automata. Or Automata. Um, and it's developed by Yoko Taro. It's a, it's a it's a Japanese RPG. Um, I don't want to tell you too much about it, but I will give you some some brief um, a brief I suppose overview. I don't want to tell you anything about the narrative, nope, um, or even anything about the gameplay. That's fine. Um, or the atmosphere or anything like that. I want you to discover that yourself and see what you think. Um, I will say, I think the game is um, very self aware of what games are. And it asks the question, what does it mean to be a game? It's very subversive of Japanese RPGs and kind of sets things up as um, it looks like it's going to be very 
typical JRPG and then does something different. But I'll leave you to uncover those surprises. In terms of um, some of the things to prepare for, there's some side quests in this game <laughs> that you should probably skip because, yeah, a, what, a lot of the side quests you should... There's some really good ones in there, but wading through um, the other ones to find them is probably not worth it. Mm. There, Yeah, so it's very self-aware with its side quests. It kind of says to you at, at points in the game, um, we know that... Um, these side quests aren't great, but we're going to put them in here anyway, just because um, that's what games seem to want to do. So there's fetch quests, there's all that stuff. Um, you don't have to do any of them. And there's there's a fair amount of backtracking here, so um, I'll probably speak to you after the episode and I'll um, give you some tips as to how to avoid uh, some of the backtracking. But yeah, that's, that's the only um, pointers I'm going to give you and the rest I want you to just play and see, see what you think. Fair enough. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how I get on. I suppose I don't know anything about it. Don't know anything about the near games, so it should be interesting. Um, yeah. But yes, that's that's pretty much everything for this week. As usual, we're on social media. Um, you know where to find us by this point. I've been saying the same thing for three years. Uh, so go find us on social media. And if you enjoy this episode and you think that it was good, then please feel free <laughs> to give us a rating um, or a you know a review they're always really appreciated and always really interesting to read so yes but that's uh that's everything i have for today is there anything further from yourself no that's it very good well we'll see you in two weeks time for near and in the meantime take care cheerio see you on the next one